0: Thank you.
1: To a very special episode of funny looks featuring the iconic paul mcdaniel aka captain hot shit
2: aka lovely aka hell. <laughs> oh my lovely yeah that's <laughs> me uh nice to be here Amelia. thanks so much for coming <laughs> to this podcast <laughs> Which we're recording remotely. Sorry
3: if there's any echo. We're recording over Skype.
2: I think your mum has liked some of my tweets and maybe I didn't realise who it was. And I was like, oh, who's this person that keeps liking my tweets? (laughs) It's funny.
1: She genuinely, (laughs) the other day, was like, I love Paul McDaniel. Is that his real name? (laughs)
2: yeah no it's a stage name but took ages to come up with
0: what's
1: your real name Paul what's your real name
3: Uh, his real name is Captain Hot Shit I
1: was supposed to roast a chicken last night she was Mm. like can you roast this chicken and you know how I don't know if you know this but you're supposed to put like lemon up the chicken's bum do you know that
2: Oh, no, I didn't know that.
1: You put lemon, thyme, garlic up its bum. And I tried to do it, and I was like, Mom, this chicken's arsehole is, like, so tight. I can't... (laughs) I can't get it up. And she came in, and she was like, that's its neck. (laughs) that's not its bum.
2: (laughs) I'll be honest, I probably would have done the same. Yeah, that's... (laughs)
1: Absolutely no wonder it. the arsehole
2: was tight. So.
1: <laughs> well, I was like, maybe the chicken's stressed out, you know? Stressful times that yeah. we're living in. <laughs>
2: it is a stressful time, yeah. Maybe the chicken's like, you're not meant to be that close to me, pal. You know, <laughs> keep your distance.
3: That definitely was the highlight of my week.
1: You wear, like, 70s corduroy flares, Adidas. <laughs> trainers like it's kind of like almost a northern soul vibe that you wear on stage Mm -hmm. and off stage that's yeah cool like that's not like being put on you know
2: oh thank you i think um (laughs) the flare thing i wore flares for about maybe 12 years in total i think it was about 12 years ago that i kind of uh didn't like the way I looked in normal like jeans or trousers I didn't like you know the shape or whatever uh, it sounds really stupid a bit self conscious about yeah. the way I look and stuff like um but i I wore flares because they just felt really more comfortable and kind of not as tight and <laughs> so um I i kind of like i I'm a big fan of seventies sixties style or whatever and I've sort of mellowed out a bit more now. I used to wear, like, you know, leather jackets and kind of, uh, like, zip up sort of sport tops and stuff like that, or, you know, like, track a bit like that, so I kind of wanted to be a bit, just look a bit 70s, because I just, I like that style, but now I've kind of, in, like, maybe in the last year, I've kind of mellowed out and how <laughs> I would just wear normal, I still wear cords, but I just, I don't wear flares as much, because I kind of thought, ah, I quite like just wearing... Normal trousers now I don't know. I think I was maybe insecure for a bit and I wanted to dress like you know uh my favorite sort of musicians or something like that, and now I'm kind of just like i I kind of dressed what I feel just suits me maybe a wee bit, and I'm a bit um. But I think when I was in bands and stuff years ago, I sort of wore clothes that, yeah, I would dress like rock stars and stuff like that. Paul
3: is the coolest guy that I know, yeah. Um,
2: I was in a few bands. I was in a band called Karma Yen. That was the first band I was in. Yeah. And we were all playing like, it was like during sort of 90s, pop, late 90s. So we were playing like Oasis, Ash, um, stuff like that, U2 a wee bit. And that was in Northern Ireland and we played youth clubs. And uh, I think the first gig I did, I got really drunk and I was maybe fifteen. And cause I was so nervous, cause I had to sing on stage and I sang Don't Look Back in Anger and I sang it r- really out of tune. And I think I, I got a girlfriend from, she saw me like doing the, that first gig. And that lasted about a week. Uh, but I think if I hadn't been in that band, she'd be like, no, I'm not interested. Um, but, uh, and then I was in a band called the Walter Henrys and we played like Pixies, uh, Idlewild, stuff like that. And then I was in, I've been in like, I played bass in a band for this folk singer guy. And then I played just acoustic, like solo. And I was a singer-songwriter and it was awful. And I was trying to be like Neil Young or someone or Bonnie Prince Billy. But it just, it went nowhere. And it was like, so I turned to comedy and kind of did that instead to get attention.
3: Attention is the best thing ever. Follow me on Twitter.
2: It probably is when it comes down to it. It's just getting attention and getting validation. Um, But yeah, I, I think there's like a real sense of achievement when you do something and it works you sort of think it can just like even when you think of a joke and you think ah you know it just give you a lift for a few days you know and whenever you try it on stage and you definitely know it definitely works it's such a good feeling so and it's just it's a distraction from everything that is going on
3: world is ending
1: watching you you're very much like a perfectionist like you really tweak little things you know and you really like Mm -hmm. perfect your material do you think that you're Mm. like that with clothes like do you think that you're like that with other aspects of your life
2: hmm maybe i yeah i think i always have my eye on (laughs) uh like if I see uh, you know like a sh- shoes or something or trousers, I think like, ah. Usually when I I you know I see someone in a like a music documentary or something like that from the seventies, I think oh that's quite cool. Um, I like uh t-shirts with a pocket, um, which like seems to be quite popular in the sixties when you watch old footage of like you know bands like Pink Floyd or like in the <laughs> ninety in the in. Yeah, it's like or like bands like Pavement in the 90s or in the 80s in New York. I think I probably dress a bit like The Strokes, a wee bit like that, you know, the way they have chords and like Converse and they have those sort of um, those t-shirts with, you know, the pocket on them and all like that. I dress a bit like that, but I sort of think, yeah, but I don't really look like The Strokes with my hair. I'm kind of like a bald man with glasses. whenever I first started stand up, mm-hmm. I wore contact lenses, <gasps> right. um, and I, I saw footage of myself doing stand up, and I was blinking loads because the lights and the contact lenses—it um it was just a bit sore. So um I started wearing glasses, and then I thought, "Oh, this is kind of like a, a look, like a—it's—I a, think Woody Allen. Unfortunately, Woody Allen's now been like there's bad associations with him, mm-hmm. but I think it's a bit like that. There's or like this. It's good to have like a a look that people can kind of I don't know latch on to kind of it's sort of not I don't want to say iconic but like a slightly you know
1: yeah
2: I think you have that as well I think when you go on stage you have a look that people can it looks you know looks cool. Paul
3: McDaniel said I look cool best day ever.
2: Yeah.
1: Actually, like what so you know how all these bands have these like t-shirts with pockets like what are they keeping Mm -hmm. in the pockets
2: i don't think they keep anything in there they're probably keeping like it just looks cool i think they're maybe keeping like uh you know plectrums or something but
1: maybe in their pocket they just have like a bit of paper and on the bit of paper is the secret to being a rock star or maybe it is just fucking plethrum.
2: Um, Whenever I, uh, I think I never liked wearing any t-shirts with stuff written on it. I was always kind of, I'd always, I never really wanted to draw attention to myself. And um, I would always be like, I would never like wearing band t-shirts, which is strange. Cause I thought like, you know, someone might look at it and go, oh, that band's shit.
3: Just saying that just cause I like the kooks doesn't mean that I'm lame. Their early stuff was actually really good, okay?
2: And um, I think uh, I think on stage as a comedian, it's a good idea not to have anything written on your T-shirt. Like, you should just be like, a, I think someone said, it's like you should just be like a blank page and come out. And because if you have something funny written on your T-shirt, the audience is going to be looking at that the whole time. It's a bit distracting, you know?
1: Yeah, you don't want to have like anything kind of extreme written but then again like i wouldn't say that you were a blank slate when you come on stage do you know what i mean like you you do have you do have like a look and you do express yourself so it's not like extreme though it's not like you're expressing like an opinion like i wear cords this is an opinion i'm turned against you because of the cords. like imagine you came on and i don't like, like i him, don't yeah. fucking like
2: him i have thought in the past that maybe people like i i put on i put on um my dating profile on OK Cupid. i said look let's get this out of the way first i wear cords i wear flares and you know i'm not going to change for you or anybody so yeah. just get that <laughs> you know it's like the way people say look i've got kids so if you're not into that you know so it's like my flares or my children, you know.
1: That's so cool. That's like the funniest thing to have as your profile. I once had a as um, like my bio on Tinder, I like trance and I like sandwiches. And it was so good because people just messaged me like, "What's your favorite trance song? What's your favorite sandwich?" Like, did people message you about your flares or your chords?
2: Yeah, I got a few messages. It's kind of good on dating profiles to not take it seriously and just kind of do stuff that starts a conversation and you know and someone messaged me and said oh the good news apparently flares are coming back so you know you might be like ahead of the curve a wee bit here because um i, I apparently i have seen flares more often on the street like i've seen younger people wear flares just as i'm going out of flares i'm kind of you know perhaps it'll be cool and you know people start wearing flares but yeah i've got messages about it yeah
1: what do they say
2: um well just that was like you know someone told me that oh you know flares are coming back so you might be like really cool and then someone said that they were flares as well but it didn't really work out we never met up or anything maybe it was like too much flair for that relationship you know
1: <laughs> you're too similar
2: <laughs> yeah yeah they would have like rubbed up against each other and like been a fire hazard yeah. or something, <laughs> like.
3: double corduroy is the new double denim
2: i don't really change my style that much um i think uh i really hated for a while wearing like a fancy suit you know to go into work or an office sort of look or whatever, but then after a while I was like, I, I kinda think, you know, I've sort of found a way I wore cords when I went and go into the office and stuff like that. But I've sort of found a way to look like myself but in an office. But
3: Paul McDaniels at work
1: but he looks cool.
2: It's horrible whenever you go into work and you have to wear a uniform that you hate
1: what's been like your so i've got like two questions first of all what is like the Mm -hmm. paul mcdaniel at work aesthetic and after that what's the like worst uniform that you've ever worn
2: um i had to wear like a white shirt with boots written on it because i worked in boots and it was horrible and it was like just a white shirt i think I, i just hate wearing white you know um i like sort of faded looking white and things like that you know, I don't like things looking very new and you know, bright. I kind of like like things to look a bit faded. I suppose it's a bit seventies. You know, I like that sort of. Um, so I wore like cords. I wore like DMS, red DMS. Uh, yeah, and then I wore like a sort of blue shirt, tucked in. I don't wear a tie or anything like that. But, um, for a long time, I was like. I wanted to. I went. I've been to weddings where I've worn like a velvet, a blue velvet jacket. I had to wear like a white hoodie one time for my job, where I was going out and handing out leaflets for our organization in uh, Saint George's George Square, and um, it had like the logo of the organization on the front of the hoodie and it was like white hoodie and it was like three sizes too big and i was walking around work and i could see people like biting their lip trying not to laugh they were sort of like mm. and i was like yeah fair enough This, i do look ridiculous <laughs> i was i was raging though because i actually the person who was biting their lip and their lip was wobbling try not to laugh i unfriended them on facebook i was like no nah, fuck you mate <laughs> i was like this, you know, yeah, that's what you get. show them. I just, I just unfriended her. I was like, right, I'm not, I'm not being treated like that ever again. Now I look back at it and I'm like, yeah, fair enough. It was quite funny. That's so ruthless. I know, I know. I uh, just like that. Feel my wrath, the wrath of Paul. Just unfriending someone. I bet she regretted that. is that it's so weird that uh you know i I don't like people laughing at me sometimes you know i'm a stand-up comedian i think whenever you're uh, it's so weird that we do this you know we we do stand-up comedy yet we kind of uh, it's maybe it's a way of controlling how people laugh at us like or something controlling the laughter
1: that's such an interesting point because i would i don't know like a lot of comedians like Um, experience like maybe feeling different or not accepted at Mm -hmm. school like not all comedians but quite a few and yeah you're right it's weird it's almost like you're like curating the laughter control
2: yeah and you're almost like controlling the way people see you or look at you because i think i used to be really self-conscious of people looking at me or like getting attention from people it's like controlling the way people You get attention from people. It's weird.
1: Yeah. I think, like, you know how you said you're controlling how people look at you? Do you think a big part of that is, like, in the first few seconds when you're on the stage, like, what you're wearing and the energy that you bring, do you think that's, like, really, really important?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think people make an assumption about you, maybe perhaps before you 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 even say anything but that's why i kind of think maybe it's just it's best to keep your look as simple as possible maybe i know like uh you know i'm not really yeah i don't know i know like people laugh before i've even said anything which i quite like because i think all right this is going to be a good gig because um if they're already laughing before you've even said anything but when they don't laugh, I'm like, all right, I might need to work, to put work in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Please laugh at
3: us, but only when we want you to.
2: It's it's kind of like when I write material now, I kind of have a an idea of what works and what doesn't, and then that sort of fake smile, I do that a few times for different things, and uh, you know, a lot of just noises, like sort of vocal ticks um stammering and stuttering a wee bit which kind of just you know little strange noises and things like that sometimes it's the people things people laugh at it's maybe just little pauses or the spaces between the words rather than any you know anything you're saying it's it's weird um yeah (laughs) yeah
1: you're like timing is amazing it's like it seems like so well perfected and it almost feels like musical like would you say that your kind of musical background perhaps makes you think of things in that way with like timing and all these sounds and the vocal ticks and stuff because it just feels like it flows Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know it feels like it it just yeah
2: yeah maybe i I don't know if maybe like it feels a bit more like um i don't want to say jazz because that sounds a bit wanky but you know what I mean? It's kind of a bit more like... Sometimes, you know, I think where it comes from is... I, I get sort of mind... Like, blank. Like, sort of mind freeze. Where I kind of... I'm going to say something, but then I don't have the confidence. This is just in life in general. I may be going to say something, but then I sort of stop and go... Mm. Like, you know, I, I kind of... or I, I can't think of the words or I can't articulate myself. And sometimes, you know, on stage... That just happens where I'm about to say something, and I just sort of go you know like pause and stammer and stutter a wee bit. I think that's where it comes from and uh yeah, I think so, but i I think it's maybe I think that's maybe where it's come from, yeah, I don't know if it maybe comes from music because my music was always quite just not jazzy, it was quite sort of more straightforward and just guitars and chords
3: paul likes chords not just the trousers but the musical chords as well
2: i was going to say at university i um i uh university i tried to get into jazz and i just didn't i wasn't really into it and i listened to like miles davis john coltrane stuff like that um it was kind of when i was finding out about the influences of all my favorite musical you know artists whatever and um but it was only like maybe a few years later that I really got into it and I just, I love it. And I kind of, um, I think sometimes improvised music can be even better and, you know, little accidents that can happen. I think it's like with improv, sometimes the audience can laugh even more because they know it's not scripted and it's, there's a real sense that it's happening right here and now kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I think with your act, because you use a clipboard and it Mm -hmm. always looks like it's like a work in progress and it does have that kind of improvised feel do you think like that is what makes people like laugh so much more because yeah they feel like it is like very much in the moment
2: yeah i think so um i like using the clipboard but sometimes i feel bad for using it because it feels like i'm cheating and maybe i'm doing like paid gigs where they're like this guy hasn't even learned his material um but it is funny i, I just realized i was getting more laughs from just looking at it looking at the clipboard um so as long as people kind of realize that you know it's kind of there for a reason and i'm not just cheating but uh i do i remember for w- it was only maybe about three or four years ago that i kind of got re got better and kind of really i I feel like that was when i was kind of i got i was properly doing stand-up and for a long time i only ever did stand-up about about my set you know so i would like talk about my comedy and talk about the gig that i was doing right there and now so it felt a wee bit like it was more in the moment and now I, i i'd sort of talk about subjects you know talk about relationships and different things but for maybe a year or so i did just talk about being a stand-up comedian, this gig, other gigs, you know, maybe that felt more in the moment, like I was actually talking about, it was a bit meta, you know, it was more, you know, talking about stand-up, yeah.
1: But it was like the joke was about your act, and the joke was like, you were the butt of the joke, but like nowadays you definitely like write like really relatable, like classic stand-up, but then it still is within the realm of like the Paul McDaniel angle, but it's really interesting to see that you're able to keep that but like move move into a direction of like you Mm. know yeah just like classic stand-up bits but you keep your own individuality
2: yeah I was kind of worried for a long time that I would just be writing about stand-up and I thought I'm gonna run out of stuff to write about but and then I just kind of started writing about other stuff but I managed to kind of find it in a way that worked for me but um, someone said to me, uh, that usually, you know, audiences don't like when a comedian talks about other gigs, but with me, it's kind of quite funny. Uh, sometimes you spend ages trying to write a big, long routine and the thing that gets the biggest laugh is something that just happens on stage by accident that you've done maybe like a pause or a a stutter or whatever, and you're like, why the fuck did I even spend all that time writing that joke and trying to perfect it when the funniest bit was something that I did with my face or something, like, or a noise I made. So...
1: Yeah, like, why did I spend a tenner in Costa? Why did I spend a tenner in Costa on, like, some crappy, flaccid, toasty and two lattes and sitting there for five hours trying to write this relatable bit about fucking relationships when the funny bit is where i've like fucked up and just acted authentic in the moment
2: but i do really love sitting in coffee shops and writing i think I, i find that really uh really enjoyable you're just like in your own little world and i usually listen to music and while I do it, so I can kind of get in the zone and maybe stop looking at my phone and stuff like that while I'm writing. Because I usually set an hour on my watch and go, right, I'm just gonna write for this hour, and no matter what happens. So. What do you listen you to? There? Um, I listen. I try to listen to instrumental music. Um, I listen to like droney music. Like, there's a band called Sun, uh, who are, like drone drone metal. And I just kinda listen to maybe stuff like Mogwai, um, Sonic Youth, just stuff that doesn't really have too many lyrics in it, 'cause it's just like almost like I find you can sort of get lost in that music and you know, it's quite it's you can sort of get into a zone a wee bit and your mind can uh go off into places. But I I I've usually find I don't know if you get this, um, when you if you work out it builds up You get ideas when you're working out
3: i'm on the treadmill trying to run away
1: from my feelings and trying to write new material have you ever done a gig recently without your glasses or your clipboard uh
2: no no (laughs) not for years uh yeah i haven't done that for years um i've had the clipboard for maybe at least three years um and sometimes people genuinely think i haven't learnt my set and go oh he's sort of he's cheating a bit and i think i did a, a thing where a guy said um that guy's really he's got some funny jokes but why has he got the clipboard and why is he so awkward and it's like, alright, that's <laughs> the, that's the joke. Yeah. It's kind of the joke, but didn't obviously didn't get it.
1: Do <laughs> you get that quite often? Like people don't understand irony. I'd sound like such a wanker saying that, but does that happen a lot?
2: Yeah, yeah. People are like you say something and then I remember I did a gig where a woman was like, she kept talking over every line. Like she would say, you'd say, like the start of a joke, and then she'd go, Oh, that doesn't sound very good. And it's like, like, Are you fucking? It? It's, it's a joke. You, reala- you realize this is a joke. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, you know, it's it's so stupid. It's like, She was just offering a commentary on everything I was saying. It was like, oh, You realize I've actually written material. This is, I have my own joke. So it's, um yeah, people are like kind of looking at each other going, I think sometimes, uh, <laughs> a a few of my gigs um it maybe takes a minute or two for the audience to kind of get it and go ah i see what he's doing yeah yeah because because they maybe think god this guy's fucking awful and then um (laughs) and then after a minute or two they go i get it right he's it's sort of a, a character i remember a woman from my work came yeah a woman from my work brought her dad to see me at the fringe show and after he was like uh, I I see what you're doing. I get it. I I he's like I get it. <laughs> that was really nice of you.
1: Um, so. That's so funny about people. See, in the kind of few minutes before people get it, are you ever mm-hmm. just like absolutely shitting yourself, or kind of have you done it enough now that you you know that you've got it?
2: Yeah, I, I sort of panic a wee bit and go, oh shit, this, and then you know. After a minute or two, when they start laughing, I'm like, ah, right, okay, we're, I've sort of won them over, maybe. Um, yeah,
1: Papa's got this. (laughs) (laughs)
2: It's like, and I'm back, yeah, in the bag, yeah. It can be quite awkward because, um, they're a bit confused, maybe at the start, um, and then you sort of won them over.
1: do you ever like have those gigs where like sorry this is going way (laughs) over half an hour by the way it's like an hour
2: don't worry no it's cool no, it's good
1: um like do you ever have those gigs where like you think i've really not won them over and it's like a few minutes in and you just think i'm this is a death and then somehow you win them over Mm -hmm. and it's just like that is a better feeling than like coming sometimes <laughs> like if yeah, you think, yeah. like I remember we were doing a gig together and I opened the gig it was a late night gig I opened the gig by saying I'm Amelia and I'm a hot bitch and I slapped my bum and they looked at me like <laughs> 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 they like were so not into me at all but then eventually I said yeah. a joke and they laughed and I was like and then it was quite yes. ropey, but then I did this song, one of my songs, Tupperware, and like kinda won them over.
2: And yeah.
1: after, that was the last gig that I did before the fucking coronavirus.
2: <laughs> ah, I think I was at that gig.
1: At that gig. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I messaged you afterwards. I was
2: like, Yeah. Like, no, you definitely won them over. They were really into that into Tupperware, so
1: But do you think it was, was because good. I slapped my bum and <laughs> do you think it was too sexually aggressive or
2: something no i think i think it it, like you could overthink things sometimes you just never will never know like uh, um like we were talking about what outfits you wear what outfits like you think sometimes i can overthink things as well and like what outfits that i wear i think is this funny or less funny should i be less funny should and like i think i told you about when i i did a gig the first gig i did where i got like a uh false tooth that kept like slip kept slipping out and uh, there's been a few times where i've laughed with friends and it's just flown out and like it went and then um i did the first gig i did with that tooth in i kept thinking that, that my voice sounded like you know, like i was lisping but then I, I spoke to other people and they were like no, it's all in your head, you know, and I, I I, just kept concentrating on it and I was overthinking it, but I don't know. I think it's you can just overthink things.
3: I could literally overthink taking the bins out.
2: Sometimes uh, trying to control the situation can kill the comedy if you're trying too hard to kind of, you know, I don't know you're you trying to work too hard to control things maybe it's better just to be just to sit back a little maybe and and let things be looser and and the laughs will come then so but I know that um sometimes when I'm really dying uh I I do enjoy like saying you know what fuck this gig and kind of just being really dark and offensive and i love that and it's almost like it feels it's, it's sad it feels a bit punk rock a bit like you know what fuck you guys and then they could sort of uh they sort of like that if they like they because they realize that hey you know he realizes he's dying he's not like he's just you know what fuck this gig <laughs> you know to them. and they're like, they're like sort of just... laughing if you address the fact it's not going well then they really like it. it's you know it can work really well so
1: it's like a kind of cat energy versus dog energy. I think you know when you go from one to the other, it's freeing. Yeah. If you start a gig being like a dog, like a Labrador, like really needy, and then you end the gig being like a sassy cat, that's like yeah, yeah. I I don't need your approval.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: I wish I had more like cat energy on the internet. If you enjoyed this podcast, then follow Paul McDaniel on Twitter paul p mcdaniel he's an absolute legend my mum loves his tweets she starts her day by reading them you can also follow me on twitter at amelia baylor and uh if you would like you could support this podcast by becoming a patron on my patreon it would really mean a lot and you can get loads of kind of exclusive content behind the scenes stuff and you can get involved as well thank you so much paul mcdee for uh doing the funny looks podcast he just did a thumbs up to the camera i don't know if that will translate into the audio but thanks for doing the thumbs up there and for giving me it was an
2: absolute absolute pleasure absolute pleasure (laughs) speaking over you for an hour it was great